Hello and welcome back to the Spectrum Health Lakeland Emergency Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Trigger, EM Core Faculty and Social Media Director. We are a community-based program focusing on training excellent residents to care for anyone, anywhere, at any time. Our focus is to provide a community perspective on emergency medicine residency training. Today I would like to welcome our guest, Dr. Jonathan Beyer. He is our EMS Director here at Spectrum Health Lakeland. Welcome to the show, Dr. Beyer. Thank you for having me. John, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your uh, prior experiences and what brought you to Lakeland? I started my life as a paramedic outside of Philadelphia, did that for eight or ten years, went to med school at the West Virginia College of Osteopathic Medicine, West Virginia School of Osteopathic Medicine. I did my residency and fellowship at Penn State Hershey Medical Center. I came to Lakeland because I was looking for a chance to do emergency medicine education, community-based emergency medicine, and EMS medical direction. And this program gave me an opportunity to do all three in one place. That sounds like you found the perfect spot to practice your craft. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the EMS experience here at Spectrum Health Lakeland? So the EMS experience at Lakeland can be split into two parts. Uh, For most of the residents, there will be two components. One is a, a standard EMS rotation, which will be composed of ride time on the ambulance, some time with the dispatch center, and some flight time with West Michigan Air Care. There'll be also additional opportunities throughout their next two years with uh, the occasional EMS opportunity. The goal for the standard resident EMS education is to make sure that they have a good working knowledge of EMS and can interact with EMS like they will be for the rest of their career so they can integrate EMS into their practice. The second option is the EMS track. This is a longitudinal volunteer program that you do in addition to your emergency medicine curriculum. And this would be a more intense EMS experience. It includes a lot more research, a lot more administrative time, a lot more hands-on, including some additional uh, clinical experiences in the field. The goal of this is to make the person ready for a fellowship in EMS, or if they just go out into the community, to be an EMS medical director for a small to medium-sized system. Dr. Byer, I want to get back to the what you touched on briefly regarding the level of understanding that emergency medicine residents have towards EMS. What do you feel makes a successful transition into attendingship with the level of training that they receive in residency? I feel that a successful attending views EMS as not simply someone who drops a patient off at his hospital, but someone who is part of his care or her care team. And to do that, they have to understand what happens in the field. They have to understand what feedback is appropriate. They have to understand ways that they can improve their EMS system so they can help the continuum of care from the 911 call all the way to their care in the emergency department and beyond. Because the patient's care pre-hospital really does impact the patient's whole trajectory through their ER, ICU, and further stay. So an attending who understands that can utilize that care and utilize that information they get better. So the coordination of care and understanding of basic EMS structure is extremely important for 
emergency medicine residents as they transition into becoming an attending. So Dr. Byer, those are some great opportunities that the residents have here to participate in. Do you have any additional information to add regarding these specific event management that we cover here in Berrien County? The event medicine uh, is well liked by all the residents. Uh, One of the highlights that they get to go to is uh, Redbud Motocross Track and Trail. It's one of the largest motocross events in the country. It gives them a wide variety of patient types to see from the obvious trauma that they'll see to uh, environmental emergencies. We also get some toxicologic and assaults and crowd and resource management in general. It's an event that all the residents love and it's gotten really great positive feedback. So yeah, there is an overlap here in our community with some sports medicine um, events that we cover as well as Redbud with uh, Steelhead as well as the Senior PGA Championship. Redbud seems to bring out the best in the individuals that partake in this event and our residents have a great experience while on the uh, track taking care of not only the athletes but also the crowd. So Dr. Byer, can you tell us some exciting opportunities that are up and coming in the field of EMS and what opportunities are there available for residents graduating from our program that are interested in EMS? The most exciting thing that's happening right now is a lot of telemedicine, community paramedicine, and the expansion of EMS from simply a you call, we haul, that's all, to a, a practice of preventative care and non, non-transport care, to really making the EMS provider a clinician and more than just a transport provider. Lakeland has been participating in some regional efforts with telemedicine with pre-hospital, and we are going to be one of the sites for ET3, which is a federal grant for uh, alternative transport destinations. So there's going to be a lot in the next five years where we are going to teach people not just how to be medical directors for transport services, but really how EMS is changing and Lakeland's really taken a step at the forefront. We were actually one of the first groups in Michigan during the COVID pandemic to do a COVID-related telemedicine project, and we had one of our residents very actively involved with that, and we're writing the research paper about that right now. Here at Spectrum Health Lakeland, we focus on medical education, and we try to involve all of our residents within research projects, and the field of EMS has provided a lot of opportunities for our residents to uh, get themselves out there and understand what it means to be in the field, but also to write up a research project. And Dr. Byer, I guess I should have touched upon, can you explain the differences between the paramedics that are out there in the field from a BLS rig to an ALS rig to critical care? Because I think there is a lot of misunderstanding of who is actually out there in the field. So this definition can differ state to state. So I'm going to give the Michigan answer. The, in Michigan, there are essentially three levels for, if you count critical care, levels of provider. The most basic level is a first responder. They're usually from the fire department, and they are exactly what it sounds like. Their job is to get there, usually start CPR, stop bleeding, give an EpiPen, or deliver Narcan. Very basic services, non-transport. The next level would be a EMT, or basic life support, and they can administer oxygen, do some Uh, basic medications, again, including naloxone and EpiPens and albuterol, and they can transport. 
paramedics in the state of Michigan is what most of us think of when we think of transport personnel. They do 12 leads, they start IVs, they endotracheally intubate, they give a wide variety of medications. Just like uh, people in the hospital, they're certified in ACLS and PALS. And they, in this county at least, do the majority of our transfers and our transports. Uh, critical care is a special designation in the state of Michigan, and their job is to do interfacility uh, high acuity transfers, and their scope of practice includes transporting patients on ventilators, patients on vasoactive agents, and blood products. Thank you for explaining that, because even as an attending for 10 plus years now, I still get confused as which providers are actually seeing patients in the field and then transporting them to the hospital. I do want to touch upon a very uh, recent topic in the field of EMS regarding excited delirium in the treatment with ketamine. And I know how Dr. Beyer absolutely loves ketamine, and I'm a big fan as well. But I just wanted to get his take on his approach as the uh, Berrien County Medical Director on how he addresses the understanding of the appropriateness and the use of ketamine in the field. I put you on the spot, didn't <laughs> It's a good question. So this is a very timely question because uh, there are several jurisdictions in the United States, uh, Minnesota and Colorado, where this drug has been given under circumstances that may not have been entirely medical. And EMS is in a very difficult position. They get a lot of patients, they're agitated, that they're non-compliant, they're potentially violent. Ketamine has very much revolutionized the ability for EMS to handle these patients because prior, really their only option was benzodiazepines, which while effective, the, there's a chance for respiratory and hemodynamic compromise. Ketamine offers the advantage of being rapid onset and having an incredibly large safety profile. That being said, there are cases nationwide, unfortunately, where excited delirium is being used as a catch-all for simply sedating angry, agitated, or drunk patients. The actual cases of excited delirium, and we're not going to go into whether you believe this is a real syndrome or not, the actual cases of excited delirium are actually rather limited. I think paramedics know the difference. I think they're labeling things excited delirium because they are in a bind and their backs up against a wall and they can't adequately control these patients, so they say, well, the guy's out of control, I'll call it excited delirium and sedate them knowing that it's a safe medication and it's not going to get them into any trouble. I think the real solution for this problem is expanding the scope so the paramedics know that they don't that they can sedate psychiatrically aggressive patients that are not excited delirium and simply know that like hey, you don't have to call this excited delirium, you can call it for what it is. This is an aggressive psych patient or someone who you can't safely control because we all know that chemically restraining someone is much safer than physically restraining someone. The additional issues about doing it at the behest of law enforcement is an extremely politically fraught question. And there have been numerous statements right now from the American College of Emergency Physicians, from the Anesthesia College, and from the National Association of EMS Physicians that ketamine should only be given for patients for appropriate medical reasons and not for law enforcement. Yeah, so this is a this is a tough topic, and I know I, I dropped it on you, Doctor Byer, but I think it's hugely important for people to understand if you if you're not actively in the field and you've never been out there to to comment upon this topic, um, you should leave it to the experts such as Doctor Byer and, and the National uh, EMS Society. So 
those are those are some great topics that we touched upon. Dr. Byer, kind of want to address one last thing. What advice would you give to a medical student that is applying to emergency medicine that really wants to thrive and find their niche in emergency medicine, whether it be EMS or some other kind of track itself? What is the overall goal that you want to see from medical students to make them or to see them succeed in this, this fantastic field? I really want to see them self-motivated and show an innate curiosity about what happens. I can't force you to learn and I can't force you to be interested. To get the most out of your education, you really have to want to go get it and you really want to be interested. The med students and the residents that I interact with the best are the ones that proactively come up to me and they're the ones who go, buyer, I want to do this for a patient or buyer, why didn't we do this for a patient or what are your thoughts about this? Be proactive. Come up to me with your ideas. Tell me why you want to do something or what patient you want to see and why and challenge me about why we're doing things. You know, for, you know, don't just accept it blindly. Ask me why are we doing things. You are the architect of your own education and if you want a great education no matter where you go, if you don't work for it, it won't be great. But if you work for it, it will be a great education. That's excellent advice, Dr. Byer. And I would like to end this podcast by saying I've learned so much from Dr. Byer regarding the field of EMS. I mean, he's an excellent medical director and serves our community well. He is an advocate for our program, and our residents are extremely happy and excited to work with him. So thank you for joining the show, Dr. Byer. really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's wrap up. Once again, we are the Spectrum Health Lakeland Emergency Medicine Residency. Uh, we are a community-based program where we focus on taking care of anyone, anywhere, at any time. Thanks for joining us. Take care, guys.